0: Welcome to the D-SHIFT Podcast, where we provide inspiration, motivation, and education to help you transition from the challenges of divorce to discover the freedom and ability to live life on your own terms. Are you ready? Let's get this shift started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the D-SHIFT Podcast, and I'm so glad you took time out of your busy day to listen in. Today, we have Leah Hadley, and she is somebody that we all need to get to know better because Leah is a nationally recognized financial empowerment expert committed to providing personalized, compassionate financial guidance through life transitions. And Leah is founder of the Great Lakes Divorce Financial Solutions Company. So, Leah, thank you so much for taking your time and being here. Oh, it is my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And so Leah got Leah and I had a chance to talk a couple of months ago, and I got to find out a lot about her business and what she does. And she is a definite resource for anybody going through divorce, um, death of a spouse, any, or any kind of life transition, changing from jobs, trying to set up retirement plans. You, you kind of cover the whole gamut. Isn't that right, Leah? Correct. Yes. Any life transition is really our specialty. Okay. So how did you get into this? what What's your passion for this work?
1: Well, it's definitely not something that I set out to do, I'll be honest. You know, I have my master's degree in education. I was a teacher, and I was really burnt out in the classroom. I was teaching for Baltimore City Public Schools, and I was swimming in student loan debt at the time, and I took a job for an investment bank. And when I walked into that investment bank that first day, which is a temp job as an administrative assistant, I felt like such a fish out of water. Here I was, had my master's degree. I felt like an educated person. Um, and I also felt like everybody around me was speaking a foreign language. I literally did not know the words <laughs> that they were using. Um, and it was one of those moments that really stuck with me because I realized how much I had to learn. Uh, and I was in a very fortunate situation where I had wonderful, wonderful mentors. I got hired on very quickly, full-time for the firm in the equity research department, and I had an opportunity to become fully licensed, to become a publishing equity research analyst, um, and to learn a tremendous amount, um, and to find out that, hey, this is something that I can do. This is something that I can learn. But it was that moment, that initial moment, when I walked in that first day, And I remember that like a lot of people experience that time in their life where they're going through this difficult time and all of a sudden they have to figure out the finances and they have to figure out how am I going to do this? Um, And while absolutely you are capable of doing it, and I was very fortunate in that role to have those people who kind of supported me and helped me to to navigate it. um, When you're feeling emotionally overwhelmed with life changes, it can be a very difficult time to learn this stuff. Right. Um, And I went through a lot of different financial challenges in my own adult life. You know, I, um, Went through a huge job change. I left equity research when I wanted to start a family. We adopted three children out of foster care. So we went from no children to three children overnight, which was both amazing, but also incredibly difficult on our budget. Um, and I became a financial advisor working with individuals instead of you know traveling and doing equity research. Um, so that was a, a huge change just in in terms of our family. We also ended up going through a divorce. So that was a big change in my own life. Um, and then ultimately starting my own business and growing my own business from scratch. Um, and so because I've gone through all these transitions and I know what it's like to figure out and navigate the resources and to have somebody on your side who can really be your advocate, but also not be emotionally involved and engaged in whatever the challenge is to help people get through it more gracefully um, has really just become a huge passion of mine.
0: Yeah, and and I I do agree with you. I think those life experiences, when you're coming from that place of, I get when you're in the trenches dealing with divorce or dealing with sudden family changes or or you know moving businesses or trying something new when you can actually relate to that i think you have a better way of coming and providing that kind of support for people so um so that that's a really interesting background and you and i have a masters in education too by the way and now this <laughs> i know i podcast and coach women going through divorce so it's funny how <laughs> you don't always stay with where we thought we were going to be when we invested all that money in our education. Right. <laughs> so Leah, first of all, as a divorce coach, I do not I tell my people up front, I am not the person that needs to be helping you with your finances. Like I can I can do, you know, I can help women set up a basic budget. We can take a look at where can you, like, do you really need a subscription to 20 different streaming things? If you're looking to save some money, what can we cut back on? But your level of expertise really is what is needed when you're talking about what do you do when you get a lump sum payment from the divorce or how can you maximize, how can you adjust and accommodate to be able to start saving for retirement? What are some of the other things that you think, or or how do those things play into what women going through divorce specifically, um, need to kind of
1: focus in on initially and long-term? Yeah, you know, it's, it's really sad. A lot of people stay in marriages just because they assume that financially they are stuck. Um, and one of the times when I often see the light bulb go off with people is they will come in and they'll just say, I just want to know, if I were to possibly move forward with a divorce, what could the financial outcome potentially look like? And especially for women who have been in abusive situations, who have been in very unhappy marriages for an extended period of time, to see the light bulb go off and to have them recognize that, hey, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be financially okay. That is to me, one of the most rewarding things that I do. Um, because, you know, so often, even just having the con, conver- the initial conversation can feel really intimidating that even I'm contemplating this, this divorce, right? Like even the contemplating leaving this marriage can feel very scary to have that initial conversation. And then to be afraid that you're going to actually find out that financially this is going to be devastating, right? Um, but when we go through the numbers, and I can do a lot of scenario analysis for people to show them, realistically, what can the outcome potentially look like. Um, and so for people who come very early on in the process, maybe they're just contemplating. And sometimes people come, and they will come back for years until they've decided that they're actually going to move forward. Um, but that's usually what it is. It's looking at a very, very high level what are we talking about here? What, what does the income look like? You know, what are the expenses? What are the assets? You know, what do people own? What are the liabilities? What do they owe? And what realistically would an outcome be once people are going through the divorce and they're looking and they're actually into the negotiations, that's when we're really fine tuning things and getting into a much more in depth analysis and looking at, okay, if you, let's say, stay in the marital home, In lieu of maybe taking this retirement account, just as an example of a scenario we might be running for somebody, what is this going to mean, not just in the near term for your budget today, but projections looking out, what does this actually mean for you 5, 10, 20 years down the road, right? So often, people are so focused on the discomfort in the moment that they are looking at these financial decisions and how is it gonna impact me today, that they're making decisions and not necessarily considering the long-term impact of these decisions. Um, And especially when we're looking at negotiating things like retirement assets, that's a big deal, right? Yeah. And a lot of times these divorces, very commonly happening when people are approaching retirement ages, people, you know, most of the folks that I'm working with are going to be, you know, in their 50s, maybe in their early 60s, they're getting to that age, where they're very seriously looking at, how do I make this money last for the rest of my life? And we can't just look at the short term, we really have to look at what does this mean for the long term? Yeah, another piece of and I think what can be tremendously valuable, working with somebody like myself is, how do we save money on the divorce itself? Divorce doesn't have to cost tens of thousands of dollars. I mean, in some cases we see it cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. It doesn't have to, right? Um, and so helping them to truly understand their financial picture, understand their options, know what they're negotiating. So there's some clarity there and there's less back and forth can save them a tremendous amount of money as well.
0: Absolutely, and you know there's there's really only two things that people fight about in divorce, really. it's kids and money that's it. I mean everything mm-hmm. else and and whatever of value, and not just dollars but the house the, right. cars, the i mean the the assets I guess is a better way to put that um so I really like that that idea, and I want to stress um for people that might be listening and they're like, "Marty, you're always recommending we get other people involved. How can that possibly save us money because?" It cuts down on the amount of time that you spend arguing over something that maybe you do not want to have as on your side in the divorce negotiation. For example, the house, you know, a lot of times attorneys, and they're doing it because this is, they're not financial experts, they're legal experts. And so they may say, the house is your biggest asset, you should take the house. Well, the house is also a big ongoing bill. Do you want to have that big ongoing bill? Or do you just want to cut your losses? Maybe sell the house if neither one of you can buy each other out. Like there's lots of options and Leah can run all of those. I'm guessing you run like virtual scenarios, right? Where people
1: can actually see how the numbers play out. That's exactly right. So in the example that you gave with the house, we're going to look at what is the cost of staying on the house. So especially now with interest rates going up, a lot of people have amazing interest rates if they have an existing mortgage on their home. If they're in a situation where they're going to be stuck refinancing, a lot of them are getting interest rates that are double, triple, even more than their existing interest rate, right? Looking at what What are we looking at in terms of mortgage payment going forward, right? Um, but it's not just the mortgage payment or the property taxes or even the insurance that we're looking at. But maintaining that home, right, especially if your spouse maybe ha- helped with the home maintenance, maybe you're going to need to have somebody come cut your grass or, you know, I'm in Cleveland, Ohio area, shovel your snow or, you know, do plow your driveway or what have you. Um, there can be a lot of added costs associated with maintaining the home. Depending on the age of the home, you know, there can be a lot of of, of maintenance for the house and all of that. Um, and that's just a lot of work. To keep yeah. up with the house, you know, depending on the size and the location and the age of the home and all of that. So there is a lot to consider. Um, and so we do look at that. But we also look at, okay, if you're keeping this asset, and you're giving something else up, that's a big piece of it, right? What are you giving up in order to be able to retain that? And what does that mean for you, not just today, but in the long term?
0: Yeah, And and just it, not that you, You are going to give them all of these options. You're going to discuss the potential. It's ultimately going to be their decision what they, what she chooses to do. Your client is going to make the ultimate decision. Um, and, but I think being informed takes all of that fear out of. Am I doing the right thing? And that's where I see negotiations bogged down because nobody wants to actually, for lack of a better term, pull the trigger and say, yes, this is what I want to do because they're, they're already starting to second guess themselves because they don't have that clarity around their financial picture. So that's the invaluable
1: oh. tool. And the other piece of it, Marty, is and I would love to say that it is the client that gets to make the decision, but the other big piece that I am a huge proponent of is understanding What is a realistic option? Because a lot of times people will say, well, I will take the house and I will refinance the mortgage only to find out that they don't have the income to support the mortgage that they were planning to refinance. And now all of a sudden, you know, they've already finalized their divorce and they're stuck in this situation where, I don't know, they need to sell the house or depending on the nature of their settlement, right? And so helping them to make sure that they have gone through and done the research to make agreements that are actually things that they can execute upon. Thank you. That's, that's another really good point because
0: yeah, just because you've paid into a home mortgage for 20 years when you were married, doesn't mean that the mortgage company is just going to go, Oh yeah, you're no risk involved there. Let's just, they will, they're getting more, more difficult. I find, I hate to say that maybe not difficult, more cautious about, um, lending during divorce. Uh, I know that, you know, if you have to refinance that, they're wanting to see more than just your divorce decree that says that you're getting paid. They want to see proof that your partner can make those payments if you're, you know, because they know that if that's where you're basing your money on and they just stop paying the mortgage company is out of money and that happens. So, um, what do you think, what do you think are some of the biggest financial mistakes that people make during the divorce process women in particular let's focus in on women
1: yeah so one of them i mentioned a couple times but it's not going to hurt to reiterate and that is really focusing on that short term rather than looking at the big picture Um, and i do i recognize where it comes from and i know that when you're going through a divorce and you're feeling emotional and there's all that discomfort and we just want to ease the discomfort in the moment and i completely get it but we really do want to look at how are these decisions going to impact me for the long term, because you only do have one chance to get that financial settlement right. Um, and so some of those financial decisions that you're making will impact the rest of your life, especially when we're talking about things like pensions. And pensions are one of those areas where people make all kinds of mistakes. And the first and biggest mistake is just not understanding the pension itself and the options available in the negotiation. Um, And that's really important. Every pension is created differently, (laughs) they're not all the same. Um, And so it's really important to get the information to fully understand what is what are my options as it relates to that pension. Very often, if there is a pension, and now there are fewer and fewer pensions, but if there is a pension, it is often the largest marital asset and a lot of times people don't realize that it's a large marital asset because the actual present value of that pension is not what is provided on a pension statement. Um, and so there's a lot of confusion around how much is this thing actually worth. But if you're thinking about, hey, it's going to pay me, just as an example, $5,000 a month for the rest of my life, that's valuable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so really, truly understanding what is this thing worth and what are my options as it relates to negotiating around that pension is really, really important. Um, and too often I see people say, oh, it's his pension. I'll just, I'll let him have it. Well, what are you really giving up and making sure that you fully understand? You know, if you're making an educated decision and you're that's a choice you're making, that's fine. But if you're doing it and you're not sure, that, you don't really understand what you're giving up, then that's a whole other story. So that's a big one. Another big mistake people make is not understanding the tax implications associated with uh, looking at all of the different marital assets, but really, um, you know, making sure that the after-tax accounts are looked at separately from the pre-tax accounts, right? You know, a Roth IRA, which you've already paid taxes on, is growing tax-free. You're looking at a $100,000 Roth IRA versus a traditional IRA, which has not been taxed yet. Um, and you're looking at a hundred thousand traditional IRA. Well, that hundred thousand dollar Roth IRA is worth a lot more money in after tax dollars, right? Um, so understanding the taxation of each of the individual assets is really important. Um, but also the tax implications of any of the decisions that you're making. So, for example, you know, it comes up with the house a lot where people will, maybe one person will take the house. There is a capital gains exclusion by individual. You have a $250,000 capital gains exclusion if you sell the house as an individual, but if you sell it as a couple, you have a $500,000 capital gains exclusion. Well, in some areas of the country, that $500,000 gain exclusion is pretty meaningful. If you're just going to turn around and sell it, and you could have done it and you know benefited from that full five hundred. dollars yeah, that would have saved you a whole lot of money in taxes, right? So, understanding those things as you're negotiating that settlement to make sure that you're being as tax efficient as you can in that division is really important.
0: Thank you for saying that. Those are really good insights. Obviously, this is your area of expertise, but those are <laughs> things that, I, that you know that I don't think people think about. And the other thing that that I just wonder if you could touch on. What about this idea that I when I start working for a lot of my clients, they just wanna be fair. They just want everybody to be fair. They did you know the settlement needs to be fair. Well, I get that. I, I get you don't want to, you know, just steamroll over the other over the partner. You do want things to be fair and equitable, but you can't make fair and equitable decisions if you don't even know what the what the ball of wax is that you're
1: dividing. That's what I'm really hearing you say, right? Absolutely. And fair is in the eye of the beholder. So I would love to just get that word out of this whole divorce equation. Yeah. Cause you're right. I swear everybody I talk to when we first have that initial conversation, I just want this to be fair. But what is fair to me and what is fair to you may look very, very different. Um, and so I think it is really, really important to fully understand the overall picture what each each item is, you know, how it's taxed, what the value is, look at it all as a overall picture. Um, And then, you know, really look at things not just in terms of the value or the after tax value, but also the liquidity. So that's another area where a lot of times people are so attached to some of the things like maybe the house or a vehicle or some of these like um, illiquid assets that they give up cash as a result um, in order to be able to keep these things. Whereas cash gives you freedom and flexibility. Having liquid assets gives you freedom and flexibility. Um, And so focusing more in that particular area um, just gives you choices. It gives you options that you don't necessarily have when you keep some of the other assets. And that's really important to keep in mind as well. And and that's always one of my, when I'm helping people prepare for mediation or negotiation,
0: the first thing I always say is the less, the less number of absolutes you have to get out of the mediated settlement or the negotiation, the better off you're going to be. Because if you if you know that what we call in in, in the mediation world, the baton and watna or your ceiling and floor, and you know you're settling somewhere in between there, then you can walk out of the mediation and go, I got everything I, everything I needed and hopefully some of the things I wanted. But you never have to worry about second guessing yourself. Um, because I have heard situations where people have done exactly what you said, took the house, then turned around and flipped it and then had this huge capital gains tax to pay. Um, You know, on some of these big high-end properties, you're, you might be looking at several hundred thousand dollars in capital gains tax. And it's kind of like, but you could have sheltered another 250,000 of that if you did just, you know, talk to, talk to a financial advisor like, like Leah and had that information um, available to understand that, that difference. So that's right. Anything else that you think is a, a kind of a, well, let me, let me ask maybe another question. This might go off on a little bit of a tangent, but that's okay. Um, what about women that maybe have had no, um, no financial input in the family? Maybe they've been married for 20 or 30 years. Maybe it just wasn't their thing. They always trusted their partner to deal with the finances. And that's, that's cool too. You don't have to be involved in everything. But if you don't even know what necessarily what your assets are, you don't know if there's retirement and pension plans, you don't know if there's 401ks or crypto wallets or whatever, can, somebody like, can a professional
1: like yourself help with that? Absolutely. That is a big part of what I do is educating people around their own financial situation is really helping them to learn what, what do I have? Um, and what are my options? So that way I can really plan for my future. But I also really want to encourage anybody who's listening, who is in that situation to really embrace this opportunity to, um, Acknowledge that this is is an opportunity to really become financially independent. Um, and it can be easy to be very overwhelmed with the divorce process, regardless of how involved you are with the family finances, but if you add to that, that you are also learning about your financial situation, maybe for the first time ever, um, you know, it can feel like, oh, I just wanna bury my head in the sand and let everybody else kind of figure this out around me. Um, but if you really do look at it as an opportunity to really take control and be in the driver's seat of your own money, um, you, there are people like me, and certainly I am happy to do it, to educate you around what is, what is your financial situation, what your options are, and how to best move forward. Um, It can be such an empowering experience. I think that's the word empowering. I really
0: do. (laughs) Leah, we've covered a whole bunch of a whole broad range of topics here. And you have been so generous with sharing your insight, wisdom and expertise. What do you think is the most important thing you would like women to remember when they go on about their day after listening to this podcast?
1: I think the most important thing is really to take a step back and to remove the emotion from the financial decisions. And I know that that is easier said than done, believe me, I know. But if you're not able to do it, I do think that is where it is so important to bring in a professional to provide that financial analysis, to provide the objective support. Because again, you only have one chance to get that financial settlement right, and it does have long-term implications. And so making sure that you fully understand all of the things that we talked about today, the liquidity, the tax implications, you know, investment returns, all of the different things, the facets that we look at when we're looking at the financials is really critical.
0: Great. Thank you for that. That's a great reminder. Where, where and how can people reach you if they want to either
1: work with you or find out more about what you do? Absolutely. Well, I am all over social media. So please come find me on social media. Um, I do have a free Facebook group. It's called Watch Her Thrive. Watch Her Thrive. That's a great place where I do uh, free trainings. You can ask questions in that group. There are lots of other women who are going through exactly what you're going through. Um, but we also have lots of great resources on the Great Lakes DFS.com website. There is a blog with extensive articles around a variety of divorce related financial topics.
0: Thank you. And I'll make sure all that information gets put in the show notes so people can find you, connect with you and be able to um, empower themselves about their finances through divorce. Thank you so much, Leah. Really appreciate you. Thanks for having me. And everybody, thank you for listening in to this episode of The D-Shift. And don't forget to tune in to another episode next week. Thanks for listening and supporting the D-SHIFT podcast. If you would like to attend live trainings by our amazing guests and have a chance to ask questions and get answers from our experts, join the D-SHIFT crew. For more details and to sign up, head on over to www.divorcecoachforwomen and click on the podcast page.